0: Sportsnet 960,
1: The Fan. Final hour of the show as we get you set for your weekend and a jam-packed day on the station, as a matter of fact. After us, Donovan Bennett going deep. That'll go at 9 o'clock. And listen, if you like this show, you're going to want to catch this episode. Yeah? What's on it? You just might. Uh, 10 (laughs) o'clock, Jeff Merrick show. Uh. Elliot will be on the program. We don't have the full guest list yet, but that'll go 10 to noon. And right. Raptors show with Will Lou Once again, if you like this program, you might want to catch it today. <laughs> Hockey Central with Haley Salvian goes at 1 o'clock. Then at 2, our telethon begins. The Pat Steinberg Flames telethon today in support of... Uh, adults who drink milk. Adults who drink milk. That'll go from 2 to 4. Flames warm up at 4. Mm. And then our next guest... Has your call. The Flames and the Blue Jackets keep the cannon quiet in Ohio as the Flames look for another victory starting a three-game roadie. Good morning, Mr. Wills. How are you?
2: Good morning, Mr. Rose. I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: What are you doing? What are you on the treadmill right now? What is going on over there? (laughs) I'm not. I'm
2: sitting at my desk.
1: Okay. Well, there's some (laughs) rustling. Um, He's joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Hey, did you hear Matthew Phillips got recalled? I did
2: hear it, and uh, there have been a lot of fans clamoring for that for quite some time.
1: What was your initial reaction? Were you, like me, surprised that now was the time? I felt like eventually we'd get a look at him up at the NHL level, but I wasn't sure that after a very successful homestand, now would be the time.
2: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by the timing as well. I mean, a roster shakeup probably would have made more sense For me, if they had done it during that seven-game losing streak or, you know, earlier when they were kind of spinning their tires. But you're coming off a a really good homestand. You go 4-1. Could have won, probably should have won all five of those games. Uh, The only loss was a 2-1 setback versus the Canadians where they outshot, outchanced, and outplayed their opponent. Just didn't outscore them. But, yeah, a little surprised by the timing and wondering if their plan is to play him. And we've seen this before where uh, a player's been really good at the AHL level and has been called up to the NHL and you're excited to see him and he doesn't end up playing. Um, It could be a couple of things. It could be a reward for the start to the season that he's had. It could be some insurance. You're going on a three-game road trip and uh, you like to have some extra bodies around. Uh, It could be an injury uh, somewhere in the forward group. Uh, I think Trevor Lewis has been playing through something, but Matthew Phillips wouldn't be a replacement for him. Or it could be uh, a shot across the bow for some guys who the Flames uh, feel aren't playing to their potential. Uh, I look at the fourth line. Milan Lucic and Brett Ritchie both played under six minutes on Wednesday night. And you need more than that uh, from your fourth line. So uh, I'm kind of wondering where he fits in, guys. Uh, I don't think that if you put Matthew Phillips in the fourth line, you're necessarily putting him in a position to succeed, but I could be wrong. But if you put him in the top nine, I'd be uh, pretty excited to see him.
1: I think that's one of the things that we've been kind of discussing with uh, the listeners so far on the program. Um, Where is he going to slot in? When is he going to slot in? And that remains the biggest question. Like, Could you see this team doing a total revamp of how they're running out their fourth line?
2: I could, but I mean, that fourth line, uh, when they've been right, they have been very effective. But obviously they haven't been right often enough of late because there have been a number of games where they haven't played all that many minutes. As a matter of fact, on Wednesday night, uh, Lucic and Rich each had five shifts going into the third period, and it played less than three minutes apiece. So... You'd like to to get more out of your fourth line than that. If you could get, depending on the game, if there's a lot of special teams, sometimes it's harder to get those fourth line guys' minutes. But, you know, depending on the game, if you could get between 8 and 12 minutes out of those guys on a regular basis, then I think you'd be pretty happy with that. But uh, 6-ish minutes uh, isn't enough. So we'll have to wait and see because right now that fourth line, uh, their role is to play a straightforward, straightforward, North south game, get pucks in deep, cycle pucks, and kind of set the table for the next line that comes on the ice. And when they can spend time in the offensive zone and play that style of hockey, then they're a really effective group. But uh, they get a lot of offensive zone starts, so what you don't want from that fourth line is them getting hemmed in their own zone and having to defend for long periods of time. So uh, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Uh, For me, and there's, I know, some talk about. redeem Zahorna potentially getting called up as well. You know he's more of that traditional fourth line type of guy. He's big and he's heavy. Um, so if you want to keep using the same style of fourth line, he would probably make more sense for me. But if you want to change it up and put Matthew Phillips with say Trevor Lewis and whether it's Milan Lucic or Brett Ritchie because Kevin Rooney's been placed on waivers, uh, I guess it's it's worth a look. It's worth a try. It wouldn't be a traditional type of fourth line, but uh, maybe that's okay.
3: Derek, what have you made of the club's, uh, I know they get the, the they close up the road to the homestand four or five, get get the points, but uh, what have you made of the last two starts? Pretty slow starts against Arizona, and then definitely big time on Minnesota on, on Wednesday. Uh, but the club obviously figured out a way to get the two points in the end. Now that's something you don't want to be doing, let's say, tomorrow night against Toronto, eh?
2: No, definitely not uh, Saturday night. Not any night, really. Yeah. You can get away with it uh, more often against some teams than you can against others, but the funny thing is, you get off to a slow start against the Coyotes, but end up taking a 2-0 lead, yeah. because, let's be honest, they're not very good. <laughs> you get off to a slow start against the Wild, and you fall behind, and now you're chasing the hockey game, but you found a way to, to win both of those games. But in a perfect world, uh, you'd like to get off to a good start, and if that means getting the first goal, even better. And, and that's something that has plagued the Flames at times this season. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't surprised by the slow start versus the Coyotes, you take a look at that team, 31st in the overall standings last season. Uh, going into that game on, uh, what was it, Monday night, 31st in the overall standings again this season. And you think it's probably going to be an easy night. So a little bit of a wake-up call early, and you know the Flames, I thought, played a lot, lot better after that. Uh, against the Wild, you're playing against another really good team. And against a team that, uh, going into that game on Wednesday, had uh, a league-long four-game winning streak. Uh, They haven't been very good defensively, but they've been scoring a pile of goals. So I wasn't really surprised by the the slow start in either game. But yeah, you definitely want to avoid that against the Maple Leafs. And uh, you'd love to uh, jump on uh, a battered Blue Jackets team tonight and kind of run away and hide with that hockey game as well. Uh, If you can kind of spread your minutes out amongst your four lines, as we talk about four lines, if you can get out in front early tonight, use all four of your lines, use all three of your pairings, and set yourself up for the second half of the back-to-back tomorrow, that would be a best-case scenario for the Flames.
3: It is a back-to-back, and uh, we'll probably see both Markstrom and Vladar on this road trip. How would you uh, deploy the goaltending over the next three games? And obviously Dan Vladar is uh, uh, starting to be that, you know, putting his his hat in there for uh, like a 1A, 1B type situation of late. Uh, A word on the goaltending, and how would you deploy them over this uh, next three games here?
2: Yeah, Dan Vladar has been fantastic. I mean, outside of one game, and that game was against the Sabres where mm-hmm. he wasn't good and the team in front of him wasn't good, he's given the Flames a chance to win every single game he's played in this season. And that's been uh, a great development. It's been an important development because you know, Jacob Markstrom certainly hasn't played at that Vesna Trophy level again this season. He's still got time to get there. Uh, so what I would do, and I said this earlier in the week, and I am no longer in the goaltender prediction business when it comes to trying to figure out who Daryl is going to go with because, you know, he's uh, got a lot more information to work with than, than I do or that, than anybody does and uh, who knows what uh, direction he's going to go in. But uh, I'll say this, if I was the head coach, and I said this earlier in the week, uh, I was sticking with Vladar for the homestand, which they did, and then going to uh, Jacob Markstrom for tonight's game against the Blue Jackets for a couple of reasons. I think it's really important to put your players in a position to succeed. So, you know, Markstrom is a guy who's been battling to get his game back. He's been working hard on the ice. He's been working hard off the ice. He seems to be in a lot better headspace than he was after that uh, 2-1 loss to the Canadians. And the the crazy thing about what he said, fellas, you know, he said uh, two or three times that he sucked at hockey, which obviously he doesn't. Uh, but that's how he felt in the heat of the moment. He kind of walked that back and said, if you'd asked me the same question an hour later, I would have had a much different response. But you know, in that game against the Canadians, I think he was you know, chomping at the bit to, to, to do something to help his team win. So there's that play 13 seconds in where he comes out to play the puck, which is fine. But in hindsight, either stay in your net or stay on your feet, uh, one of those two things. He didn't. And you're down one nothing early in the hockey game. But then he settled down and settled in after that only gave up one goal, and that was on a cross ice pass to Cole Caulfield. Who one time the puck passed him, no goaltender stopping that. And I believe that if your goaltender only gives up two, he's doing his job. He's giving you a chance to win. This is a three-two league, maybe more like a, a three and a half to two and a half this year because uh, power plays have been up and goals have been up. But you know, it's it's a three-two league. That's the old saying. So if you can't get to three, then you're not doing your job in front of the goaltender. And I, I wonder how much different uh, the conversation would have been had the Flames got to three in that game against the Canadians. And God knows they could have and probably should have. And then I don't think we're having the same conversation for the last week or so. But I would go to Jacob Markstrom tonight. You're playing against a Blue Jackets team that just gave up nine goals. Uh, and I've called a game like that at Nationwide Arena. and hmm. It's a lot more fun when the Flames score a bunch of goals there than when the Blue Jackets uh, do, because they don't have to hear that stupid cannon, uh, and that should be incentive in itself, not having to hear that cannon uh, for the goaltender to to pitch a shutout. And I remember going into one game there where David Riddick said before the game that he didn't want to hear the cannon, so he was going to pitch a shutout, and that's exactly what he did that night. So I hope whoever gets the start tonight does the same Hmm. thing, but go to Markstrom against what is clearly a weaker opponent in the Blue Jackets and then go to Vladar against the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. And then uh, who plays against the Canadians on Monday? Probably depends on how the two guys perform in the next couple of games. But, yeah, it's a back-to-back, so I think you're going to use both guys, and I'd go Markstrom tonight and Vladar tomorrow. What would you guys do?
1: Yeah, I'm in about that same boat. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to be in the exact same boat uh, as far as rolling him out for this three-game homestand. He's been the guy, and Mm -hmm. uh, I feel you kind of got to roll with it for now. Um, Derek, wanted to ask you about the blue line as well. Last season, it felt like 10 games in, the three pairs were set. They stayed mostly healthy for the entire year. And as a result, you never really thought about the blue line very much. They went about their business. And this year, it's not been the same case. There's been guys in and out of the lineup due to injury. They've been looking for certain pairs to work. Really, the only constant has been Hannafin and Anderson. But now it feels like we're starting to see some consistency with the pairs, Do you feel like we're finally getting to a point where the the group as a whole feels confident in the three that they're trotting out each night?
2: Oh, absolutely. And all you have to do is take a look at the minutes because for quite some time there, they were playing with five defensemen. They didn't trust that number six guy, whether it be... Connor Mackey or Dennis Gilbert or Nick DeSimone. Now, I would say Gilbert had started to earn the coach's trust before Chris Tanev and Michael Stone got healthy, but now you've got uh, six guys that you're more than comfortable with, and what's been a cool development is to see Michael Stone getting some power play time. Because, of course, he's got that uh, big shot. Uh, He can fire it over 100 miles an hour, which uh, he did again a couple of times the other night. And uh, that's been uh, a weapon for him and a weapon for the Flames, both at 5-on-5 and on the power play. But, yeah, I think they've settled in to three pairings that they're comfortable with. And, you know, knock on wood, uh, I'm hoping everybody can uh, get healthy in the case of Chris Tanev, because I don't think he's playing at 100% right now, and uh, everybody else can stay healthy. But yeah, you've got that pairing that's been together for three seasons now, and I think Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson uh, continue to play at a higher level as uh, the season gets uh, older here, and that second pairing seems to have settled in, and you got a couple of righties on that second pairing, and I do think that was probably more of an adjustment for Chris Tanev, because I've talked to him about it, than it was for Mackenzie Wieger. Now, both guys had to make an adjustment in a sense because as I've talked a lot about uh, Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Wieger go from a Panthers team that played a a run and gun East West style and was happy to win 6-5 to a Flames team that plays uh, a button down style, at least when they're right. Uh, and plays more of a north-south game and tries to win one nothing. So that's a big adjustment for those two players going from the Panthers to the Flames. And I think it's taken them both a little bit of time to get comfortable with that. And then when it comes to Tanev, he's playing with another righty. And it it doesn't change things a lot, but it does change things, is basically what he told me. So, yeah, I do think that uh, Chris Tanev and Mackenzie Wieger are getting more and more comfortable uh, playing on uh, a pairing with two righties. And uh, I think they're going to become a a 1-8, 1-B type pairing for the Flames. And then the third pairing, you know, Daryl Sutter talked uh, a few weeks ago about how Nikita zadorov has been their best defenseman. And I think he said clearly he's been our best defenseman this season. So uh, I think he's playing the right amount of minutes right now. And Michael Stone is giving you... You know, generally around 13 or 14 or 15 minutes, and you can use them on the power play as well. So, yeah, I like how the pairings look right now. You'd maybe like to have a little bit more depth back there, but, you know, Dennis Gilbert proved that he can play at this level. So, if you have to call somebody up, I think you're comfortable with him. And then you cross your fingers and you hope uh, things get better for Oliver Shillington and that uh, he's back in the picture at some point in time, because uh, then I think you really like what you've got back there.
1: Thoughts on the Columbus Blue Jackets, Johnny Gaudreau's new team, uh, banged up, bad year, bad goaltending. What are you looking at for this contest?
2: Yeah, that just about sums it up, doesn't it? And I remember when uh, Johnny Goudreau signed there, I looked at the roster and I thought, who's going to center him and Patrick Laine? And uh, it's still, a, I think, a valid question, uh they're not a very good team, uh, let's be honest, uh, and uh, if they were healthy, I don't think they'd be a great team, and they're not healthy right now, so this is another one of those games for the Flames where if you even bring your B game, you should probably leave Nationwide Arena with a couple of points tonight, but you, you can't take any team too lightly in this league. and. That's uh, a tough lesson to learn sometimes, but, you know, right now the Blue Jackets are seven games below 500. they They've got 18 points in 25 games. Uh, They're dead last in the Metropolitan Division, and they know that they're not going to make the playoffs. So, you know, they're a vulnerable team right now. Now, with that said, uh, they gave up nine goals the other night. And, you know, that's not going to sit well with their head coach. So, I think they're going to play hard tonight. So, I think the key for the Flames, if you can match their work ethic... You're the more talented of the two teams, and you, you should get the win, but uh, you can't just uh, show up at Nationwide Arena and expect it to be an easy night. I think uh, they're going to be in for a fight tonight, but uh, play the right way, and uh, it should go your way.
1: Matthew Phillips play tonight?
2: Oh, it might be a better question for somebody on the ground. Uh, it's definitely a better question for anybody after the morning skate uh, I don't know what their plans are. Um, I feel a little disconnected from the team. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I'm anxious to see what their plans are for him, guys. Um, again, I, I'm not sure that putting him on the fourth line where he's, I don't think, ever played in his hockey career is the best idea, but I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you can revamp that fourth line and, and put some more skill on it. Uh, maybe you can play a guy who will be the smallest player in the National Hockey League by a significant margin with a couple of bigger guys to to shield him a little bit. Now, the good thing about Phillips, who is listed at 5'7", 140, is that he does play bigger than that. Not a lot bigger than that, but bigger than that. And just to put it in perspective how small he is, and maybe he's a little bit heavier because sometimes they don't update the weights on NHL.com, but just to put it in perspective, like Johnny Gaudreau is a small player, right? Yes, he's 25 pounds heavier than Matthew Phillips.
1: Yeah, and two inches so taller. Think
2: about that for a second. Yeah,
1: he's yeah.
2: So significant. Uh, the, yeah, I think there's a player in the league. I was looking it up yesterday, who's 117 pounds heavier. <laughs> I mean, that's just bonkers. <laughs> is, bonkers. It,
1: is it Nikita?
2: The one thing about it's not Nikita, but he's yeah, he's definitely uh, about 100 pounds heavier. Yeah. Uh, the thing about about Bubba that I love is that. <laughs> You know, Size has always been an issue for everybody else, but it's never been an issue for him. Mm -hmm. He's always found a way to overcome his lack of size. He can't change that. So one of the things he's really focused on since turning pro is his skating. Because if you're small, you don't necessarily have to be fast, but you've got to be quick. And he is quick. And his skating is a lot better. But he has an incredibly high hockey IQ, uh, uses his stick really well, and... He's smarter than most of the guys out there. At least he has been at the AHL level. So we'll see if that translates to the NHL level. Tough for me to make a prediction if he'll play. I don't know if there's somebody potentially in the top nine who's a little bit banged up right now and and he's an insurance policy for them. Or if they just need more minutes from their fourth line and they're going to rejig things. I wouldn't touch the top three lines right now, guys. The Flames are rolling. I, I think they're probably playing their best hockey of the season right now. So I'm not touching the Lintone Kadri and Backland lines, but maybe general sees it differently. Maybe he slides Ruzicka down to the quote unquote fourth line, or maybe he slides uh, Coleman down to the quote unquote fourth line and sticks Phillips into the top nine. I, I don't know what their plans are, but you know I, I think Matthew Phillips has earned the call up. Uh, he's earned earned a chance to prove that he can play at the NHL level, and it's up to the Flames uh, if they think he's ready. The one thing I will say, mm? it tends to take some time huh? for Daryl Sutter to trust young and inexperienced players. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 happened before. We'll see if it continues to happen uh, with the Calgary Flames. Derek, as always, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. We'll chat soon. Thanks, buddy.
2: Yeah, happy holidays, guys. Have
1: a great weekend. Yeah, you bet we will. Uh, that is Derek Wills. He joined us down on at the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Come on in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza. 403 248 Puck drop will be at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Your Flames warm up with Pat and Lou goes at 4. Flames talk with Pat Steinberg and a great selection of guests, I have to assume. We'll go at 2 o'clock. You got your wall-to-wall coverage. Sports on 960, the fans. So uh, make sure you're keeping it locked here all day long. Around the corner, we're going to chat to Nick Kiprios, talk a little bit about the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are the Flames' opponent Saturday night. Also, after we're done chatting with Nick, we're going to do our 12 Days of Christmas Advent Calendar giveaway. Keep keep sending in uh, your texts as to how you want to see the lines laid out for the Calgary Flames, including Matthew Phillips, Uh, We're going to draw a a number out of the hat and someone's going to get to crack open our advent calendar and win another sweet prize. We're also doing the spirit of giving right now. Sportsnet 960, the fan of the McManus Auto Group, are asking you to share in the spirit of giving this holiday season. You can help support the mustard seed and those experiencing poverty and homelessness in Calgary. Lots of items are in need. Underwear, socks, winter jackets, boots, gloves, razors, toothbrushes, deodorant, you name it. You can donate any of these items at the Sportsnet 960 studio We're on the corner of 5th and 7th downtown in the southwest just off the train line in the City TV building. Or you can head to any McManus Group location Uh, down on South Trail. They've got South Trail Chrysler, Kia, Hyundai, and Nissan. Royal Oak Nissan as well, part of the family. Eastside Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Marlboro Ford, Varsity, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Mercedes-Benz in Country Hills and Eastside Kia. You can find the full list of addresses and more information at sportsnet.com ca slash nine sixty. We'll take a break around the corner. Nick Kiprios is going to join us and we're going to give, uh, going to give away another prize and give you another uh, update on the footy tournament. Some action on the go. Mm-hmm. Alex Brody will have the uh, latest for you all before nine o'clock. Final segment of the show this week. Keep it locked. Sportsnet 960 the fan.
4: The saucer it in front. Oh, what a chance. My Was sitting on the seat of his pants when he centered the puck.
3: (laughs) You almost think, did he do that on purpose? No,
4: SCARS! Never mind. Never mind. Mitch Minter blows it by quick. The streak is still on.
1: Yes, sir, Mitch Marner. What an instance yesterday to extend that point streak now at 21 games. little half-clapper right under the bar after what an incredible shift setting up Tavares from the seat of his pants. Never mind. We go down to the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk a little bit more about the Toronto Leafs with Nick Kiprios. Good morning, Nick. How are you, man? Good
0: morning, guys. What's going
1: on? Oh, living the dream, brother. Things are good. Um, <laughs> Flames are uh, heading out east. They're going to play uh, Johnny Hockey's Columbus Blue Jackets. I
0: know. Uh, and, and and all of it just gets drawn up all over again. Like, if, if Calgary had the... Uh, the wins that, say, Vegas had, yeah. uh, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But if they struggle a little bit, everybody wants to revisit, right?
1: Oh, 100%. It's all about getting back and breaking it down. Where did it go wrong? Hindsight is twenty twenty, you know, so everyone's able to break it down and have such a better idea of how things should have gone. But this is a big game. Listen, the Blue Jackets, I think, we you know, we talked to Aaron Portsline. He called this season a disaster earlier on. It hasn't been a great season for them. But nevertheless, this has got to be a big game for them with Johnny Gaudreau going, like, this is probably one where you say uh, there's a little money on the board for old Johnny Hockey.
0: Well, that's always the case uh, for for any player, particularly a star player that, uh, that makes a change. So, yeah, but uh, overall, I mean, it's just a... You know, it's just a little not, you know, compared to what Johnny Hockey's going through with his new hockey club right now. Uh, I watched, uh, I watched Calgary, and then once you know Tage Thompson started lighting it up, I switched over, <laughs> and I was seeing some of the worst hockey I've ever seen in my life out of Columbus. And uh, there's some major issues going on there. Fans are calling for heads to roll. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, you know, obviously he made the decision not thinking first and foremost who gave you the best chance to win, and that's his prerogative. That's, he's entitled to that for him and his family. No questions asked, uh, or no, no questions there, um, but he's, he's in for a long haul here before this organization turns it around.
1: You mentioned you were watching the Flames there before Tage Thompson started lighting it up and it looked like he might set an NHL goal record. I think a lot of people, including myself, even had that game on a side screen just so I could see and I was kind of disappointed in how much he played. But we'll get to Tage Thompson <laughs> in a second here. What did you make of the Flames on their uh, on their homestand of late? Winning 4-5, they lose to the Habs, but a game that you look at and say, well, we probably played good enough to win. What have you made of the Flames' turnaround in this five-game homestand?
0: Well, listen, if, you know, I follow the Leafs a lot. And, you know, their early struggles uh, stemmed from the fact that uh, their start players were not getting the job done. And now you look at them and uh, it's off the backs of Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and even Matthews, who got off to a slow start, starting to heat up. You know, Calgary's going to be the same way uh, when it comes to, you know, guys like Kadri, uh, Toffoli. Uh, Huberto has to they have to produce and I I think it's been better Uh, you know when when you look at uh, you know uh, Lindholm and what he was used to last year with Johnny Hockey and Kachuk could have spoiled anybody Um, and still it might be a shock to him to look over his his wings and see different people there you know when you were considered the number one line in hockey uh, the adjustment's been there for 20, 25 games, but Kadri's starting to warm up a little bit again. You know, Backlund gives them that, that one, two, three up the middle. Now I think they're just going to have to find a way to squeeze out uh, some some better minutes and, and uh, some more production out of their, their their bottom six, you know, and maybe their fourth line. We'll see what Phillips can bring them.
3: Uh, Talk about your guys there out in Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov have been absolutely wonderful this year with all the defensive injuries. You got TJ Brody back last night, which which is a big help uh, as well. But just the psyche around the Leafs right now with how good Murray and Samsonov have been despite all the injuries to that blue line.
0: Yeah, well, we know, especially uh, the last few years, what – a great goaltender can do consistent goaltending, Markstrom the last few years, um, and, and what uh, Jack Campbell did for the Leafs in the first half of last season. I mean, once you get a guy that you really truly believe in and you know that when things break down, he's going to be there to, to to cover your ass, it changes the whole look uh, of your hockey club. And Matt Murray's been able to do that. Samsonov's been able to do that. Uh, you know they've got they've managed uh, the third stringer to come in and and, and get some wins here. So uh, they're they're guys they're in a place right now where they can't do much wrong, to be honest with you. And you know now all of a sudden uh, playing LA last night, it, you know Matthews got on the score sheet, Marner got on the score sheet, but it was really the, the likes of Engvall and Camp mm-hmm. who kind of got things going. So if they get some some meaningful minutes in production out of their third and fourth line, which they're starting to, it's starting to happen here. Um, you know, that, that makes them a, a fairly dangerous team. You know, the one thing is they're, they're never going to, they're they are never going to be that team that runs you over. They're going to mm-hmm. outskill you. They're going to wait for their chances. They're going to pounce, uh, you know, and, and it's a, it's a slippery slope for bigger teams. Yeah. You know, does Calgary think Saturday night they can come in here and try to run them out of the building? I don't think we've seen that too much in the NHL in 2022. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there is something to be said when you're, when you're physical and you challenge their star players and, and take away their time and space and make things ugly for them. Uh, you can have some success against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just don't know. I haven't seen too many teams mm-hmm. do it lately.
3: Yeah, what what has been the biggest catalyst? Do you think in this uh, this turnaround is it the goaltending or is it that Marner, Matthews, Tavares are clicking? And like John Tavares, he's having a having a hell of a yeah. year.
0: Yeah, I I, I got to credit Matt Murray and mm-hmm. Samsonov to come in and, and shut the door. I, I really believe that wins and championships are built from the net on yeah. out. And once you know that, again, you can have that save it allows the creativity to maybe, uh, you know, stretch a little bit uh, when it comes to the offense. And right now, you know, you mentioned Mitch Marner, uh, one of the best players on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, 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 marvel at, uh, you know, McDavid's speed and his ability to be a human highlight reel every night. Uh, but this guy's 200 foot game. And last night's another example where he's got this 21 points uh, scoring streak, but He's busting his ass uh, on a back check to save the shutout. And he yeah. does that uh, pe- so often. The penalty the kill against
3: Dallas, the, the two and a half, five on two and yeah. a half. Like,
0: jeez. Yeah. And uh, he's just one of those guys who's got an engine as well. He's not the biggest guy in the world. We know that. But uh, he just doesn't stop. He's relentless. And, uh, you know, Calgary will have their hands full of, uh, tomorrow night uh, coming off uh Hopefully, uh, 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 two points off of Columbus. But, uh, it, it'll it'll be it'll be challenging for them, no question. Right now,
1: uh, Sean Durzi uh, a real welcome reception from uh, as, as he returned home there. Uh, not really, though, as he got into it with a noted goon Pierre Engvall. I say that very tongue in cheek. Uh, what did you make <laughs> of yesterday's game between the Leafs and the Kings and the kind of side storyline with Sean Derzy and Pierre Engvall and everything that went into that?
0: Yeah, um well first of all, uh Dursey, I think had about 200 people at the game. Yeah. So um yeah, he was definitely playing for free last night <laughs> off of his uh off of his contract. But Dursey was a a Toronto kid, a Toronto draft choice who uh ended up in LA if I'm not mistaken, either through a, a Muzzin deal or, or through a Jack Campbell uh trade, but regardless yeah. No question that uh, I think people were kind of stinging a little bit at, at his success out in L.A., uh, knowing that he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. So maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but uh, no question that we were all quite surprised to see uh, a guy like Engvall get involved like that. You know, personally, I, I mean, hey, you're six foot four, Pierre. Drop your gloves or go after him, but you no. Know, not really necessary to take your stick and yeah. conk him over the head. And, you know, that's the one thing that we constantly talk about. If they ever took fighting out of the game, would we see more stuff like that? But, you know, it's just uh, we, we we know he'll have a hearing today. I don't think he will be available uh, for the Calgary game Saturday mm-hmm. night. Uh, but the way the Leafs are going, I'm not sure how much they're going to miss him.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um Away from the Leafs, and you mentioned him a little bit earlier on, I have argued that he is my favorite player to watch in the NHL and in close proximity to you guys out east, Tage Thompson down in Buffalo. How much fun is it to watch this behemoth not only skate around but dance around opposition? Oh, and he can shoot the puck 100 miles per hour on the one-timer. Fun to watch.
0: Yeah, on our, uh, on our Real Kipper and Bourne show, we nicknamed him Tage Lemieux uh, about uh, – uh, a month and a half ago, and he's continued to kind of live up to that. But it is very seldom that you can see a guy uh, at six foot seven uh, have such a, a smooth east-west kind of feel to him, and that that range, uh, the reach, the soft hands, and then oh by the way, every once in a while, I'll, I'll give you a one timer that can look like Ovechkin yeah. uh, on, on the top of the circles. So. You know, good on on Buffalo uh, and perhaps, you know, a guy that can fill in the shoes that Jack Eichel should have. Yeah. And I know that I'm, you know, Jack uh, Eichel's a talent and, and one of the best talents, but he hasn't had the head to put it all together uh, for himself just yet. And, you know, if you're Vegas, that's what you traded for, uh, the potential to do that. But Tage has quietly come in there and become the the face of the Buffalo Sabers, and with good reason. When you're on the highlight reel, you know, constantly uh, all across North America, um, you all of a sudden become a leader for them. Yeah. And uh, you know, Skinner's better. You know, Alex Tuck's better. They still have difficulty giving up chances, and long term, uh, you got to fix a goaltending situation. But Hey, listen, Tage Tage is heading uh, heading them in in the right direction. Uh, No question about that. And it's been incredibly fun to watch if you're a Buffalo Sabre or even if you're not.
1: It's such an interesting case study because the Blues kind of gave up on him at the age 20. He's part of that Ryan O'Reilly trade. He was mostly a winger. The Sabres move him to center. He has a good year. They signed him to that extension, and a lot of people said, "Uh, maybe you signed him a little Mm. bit early at the time of it, and now we're 25 games in the season and everyone's going, okay, the Sabres got this right. When you were playing, do you ever remember a player that maybe was on your team or or you knew of in the league that you knew had a ton of potential, but you just didn't know why it ever would click? Because that seems to be what it's been with Thompson. He had all the tools, and for some reason, things have just fallen into place, and now this guy's a superstar.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a stigma that if you're a first-round draft choice, uh, you're pretty good. And you know, you've always come into training camp as a first-round draft choice, as a as a blue-chip prospect and a kind of can't-miss kind of kid. And I, uh, he was a late first rounder, I think, in 2016 uh, by St. Louis. I think it was like 26 or 28th overall. So, But it doesn't matter. As a first-rounder, you come in, and, and, and there are high expectations. Uh, it didn't really happen. I think he had some stints in, in, in uh, Rochester, I think, once uh, Buffalo got a hold of him. Uh, and I think he played uh, in the American Hockey League in St. Louis as well. But one season, and that was last year, he had 38 goals. And this is the way it is, guys. Uh, when it comes to young players, and this whole CBA has turned completely upside down. You could not land, no matter how good you were in my era, all-star teams, Canada Cups, whatever. You couldn't get paid until you were 30, 31 years old, uh, once you uh, had been 10, 12 years in the league as a restricted free agent. And you are locked in. This is completely the opposite, whereas you can hit the jackpot still on potential coming out of your entry-level deal. And this is where Tage just had one decent season at 38 goals. And there are some people saying, oh, my God, what a ridiculous contract the Buffalo gave him because you don't know if he can do it again. And he's completely gone the other way again, uh, north. And now it's looking like a bargain. Um, is there anyone out there? Like, I mean, Buffalo had a guy named Adam Creighton I played against in junior hockey, who was kind of like Tage Thompson, where he was a tall, lanky guy with tremendous hands. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody come out of uh, the blue like this at that size with those hands, you know, other than Mario Lemieux. Yeah. And he will never produce uh like Mario and you know we don't think McDavid will ever produce like Gretzky um but these guys are certainly uh worthy of uh some some comparables in some capacity
1: Nick as always appreciate the insight appreciate the chat have a great program today and uh we'll look forward to the games on the over the weekend
0: Always appreciate our talks, guys. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Nick. There you go. That's Nick Kiprios, Real Kipper. Uh, does the show with Justin Bourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wanted to shout out Justin Bourne as well. In I don't know book. if, if yes, you saw what he had I on did. Twitter the other day. Yes, his book. Um, but he's got a book coming out too. And, uh, read, uh, read the excerpt that was available that you can read
3: uh, on one of the chapters. Absolutely. Did so, not know. I had no so, idea. No,
1: he, he right. And uh, talks yeah. about battling with alcoholism mm-hmm. and uh, and that fight that he's gone through. Mm-hmm. And uh, just wanted to kind of. Uh, acknowledge that and uh, kind of offer our support here as well Mm -hmm. as uh, we were chatting with Nick Kiprios who is his co-host on our sister station out on the Fan 590 in Toronto Leafs, Flames, 5 o'clock Saturday night. Uh, He joined us, he being Nick, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive or call 403-248-3344. We got a couple more. Couple more things to do here, Patrick. We do. Let me just get all situated here. Sit down uh, we have this. our. I gotta sit down for this. This is a big deal. <laughs> uh, we have our twelve days of Christmas. We've been doing it all week long because Christmas, Pat, it's a time for giving, and the Big Show wants to give you the big old gift for li- listening. It's time for the Wild Rose Brewery, 12 days of Christmas. Every weekday between now and December the 20th, we're going to open up a door on our virtual advent calendar. You tune in. You have the chance to win what's behind the door. It will never be chocolate, but it could be maybe a six pack of beer mm-hmm. tap room gift card or Wild Rose Brewery swag. we gave away a toboggan yesterday yeah which was pretty sweet <laughs> I imagine it's got like some dope Wild Rose oh, branding yeah. on it I bet it's got like, like it's
3: got it's like the seared into the wood I bet oh, it's got like a wood brand oh I, like I a burn a, in it I bet it's got a wood burn WR oh, I bet it does like a brand they like got the a good Rose logo brand. now
1: too with the W and the R yeah that's, that's a brand cool. that's why
3: they do it yeah. it's based on a brand I, I get you okay. I know thanks appreciate you
1: but you look so cool at all the big hills. Turtle Hill or... Oh, yeah. Turtle Hill's the only one I really remember now. Uh, Confederation Park's got Con- big hills. Confed's got some good yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. Um, here's the deal. You've been sending our texts in all day on uh, line combinations for Matthew Phillips as he's been recalled. We don't know if he's going to play tonight. Flames Morning Skate is coming up in about 40 minutes' time, and maybe we'll get some answers there. Doubt it, but we'll see. Um, I got a whole bunch of numbers in here all for right. a whole bunch of great texts. You ready? Yes. Okay, pick one. Okay. <laughs> We got, yeah, man, get out of here. Number nine. Number nine. Oh, this is a long one. <clears throat> I want to see, and this is from Greg and Stetler I want to see Huberto, Lindholm, and Tafoli, Dube, Caudry, and Phillips, Rizichka, Backlund, and Coleman, Lewis, Monjapani, and Richie. Now, I now Lewis would obviously be the center there. But the grit and intensity that Cadre and Phillips would bring to the second line rolling would be a tough line for any team to be a ma- to for any team to match. These guys would be buzzing the ice and fast as any other line. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. If, if, if it feels like if anybody, like, Mandzukic is not going to play in your fourth line. No. He's
3: your fourth highest paid player. No, exactly. Like not anymore. No, it's. Yeah, I, I like the line. I like I like the ideas. It's good and it's it's starting to get more of a rounded out Listen, four. It,
1: it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't put him with Rasmus Anderson and put Nikita Zadorov on the fourth line. Yeah. That's that's unique. Or this one, um that they should put Hubert O'Lindholm into Foley on the fourth line, that way they'd have the best fourth line in hockey. I like that. There was this, put Phillips on the top line, give him number thirteen. Make him the home captain. This is his team now. Put Phillips with Tanev. Doesn't everybody play better with Tanev? That's a fact. Uh, yeah, so there's been some good ones. But uh, a big shout out to Greg Jackson in Stetler. Let's find out what uh, what Greg won.
3: A Wild Rose
1: Brewery hoodie. Oh, a hoodie. hoodie. So we've given away a crew neck, a bunch of Hawaiian drip, yep. a toboggan, and now a hoodie for Greg and Stetler. Shout out to you, Greg, for firing in a text. Uh, 12 Days of Christmas on The Big Show is brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. Find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province or check out their tap room in southwest Calgary seven days a week that'll do it for our program today except for one last thing let's check in with our man behind the board alex brody's he got the latest on the big soccer report from the tournament down in qatar
4: all right this soccer report is brought to you by certainty the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way and yeah quarterfinals underway here now just hitting halftime we have brazil taking on croatia currently nothing to split these two sides it is tied nil nil i will say based on what i've seen on the tv both sides with their chances a yellow card awarded to brazil defender danilo that some may think should have been red it was quite a wild high kick studs exposed almost right into the face of a Croatia defender that's awful if there are any takeaways from this one so yeah, far but Croatia. <laughs> just kidding sorry only a yellow card though so i don't know you guys will have to see it give your thoughts as well um but if there's any takeaways from this match so far it's that croatia are not going to make this easy on brazil they've managed to keep them at bay with their structure and i would say croatia probably the best team at this tournament off the ball in the sense that they don't give an inch of space for the brazilians to work with second half action underway very shortly here and three more games to get to later today the netherlands taking on argentina this one is sure to be a good one both teams playing incredible soccer right now it really could go either way that one gets underway at noon and the action keeps on rolling into tomorrow on the other side of the bracket we have morocco taking on portugal morocco playing their first quarterfinal at the tournament ever they'll be looking to make history and be the first african team to qualify for the semi-final finals portugal probably going to remain without star cristiano ronaldo if it ain't broke don't fix it this one goes at 8 a.m tomorrow and wrapping up the quarterfinals england taking on france this is a heavyweight matchup a must-see match in my opinion england took down senegal 3-0 in the round of 16 while killing mbappe and france took down Poland three to one both pretty commanding wins This one goes at noon tomorrow, and that'll do it. We'll have a full rundown of the quarterfinals in our report on Monday. Enjoy the rest of the matches. And this soccer report was brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way
1: thank you broads uh we'll enjoy the action this weekend flames and jackets tonight at five o'clock donovan bennett's program is coming up next don't want to miss that uh and then we've also got the flames and the lease on saturday uh lots of action across sports at 960 all weekend long enjoy it pals have a great weekend see ya